Has there ever been a time in your life, maybe you're in a season like that right now as you're listening to this podcast, uh, where you just wanted to give up? And, and by giving up, I don't mean canceling an activity or maybe uh, withdrawing from a commitment or stopping this or that thing. But I'm saying giving up in a, in a big sense of just wanting to stop walking with the Lord when your faith was incredibly weak. Uh, I know in my life I've had a couple similar moments. And one of the most helpful things I think someone did for me was someone I respected that was older than me said, Dan, you're not going to give up. I'm not going to let you give up. You can't give up. Come on, you can do this. Uh, well, my next guest is Kyle Eidelman, and he has a brand new book out called Don't Give Up. And uh, one of the important things he talks about in here is sometimes what we need in that moment is more than just a kind of a passing, hey, hang in there, hey, you got this, but someone to really get into our lives and say, I don't want you to give up, keep going. Kyle walks through Hebrews 11, where the writer of Hebrews encourages us to run the race, uh, continue to walk with God. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. I think hopefully it will encourage you. Let's go to our conversation with Kyle Eidelman. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on. Great to be with you. We are talking today about a new project you have called Don't Give Up, Faith That Gives You the Confidence to Keep Believing and the Courage to Keep Going. And one of the things I noticed in your in your intro that I thought found intriguing was, you know, I think most of us can resonate with the idea of don't give up. But you're saying this is less of a nice little warm feeling. You know, in your mind, think of that less and think more of... Um, Braveheart. So, can you explain what you're? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, um, I know that "don't give up" sounds, you know, somewhat cliche, a little bit trite, but you know, the message is a really significant message that we can sometimes dismiss because of that. And you know, the question is, you know, where does that come from? Where does "don't give up" come from? The endurance and the perseverance. It has to be rooted in something that's more nuanced than you know, just a. Uh, a saying. And so that's one of the reasons I want to write a book around it. But specifically, it can be a phrase that's used to comfort people, you know, who are struggling, like, hey, I'm sorry for what you're going through. Don't give up. And uh, and yet my discovery is that what we need more than comfort oftentimes is, uh, is some courage. So we surround ourselves uh, with people who see us struggling, they love us, they care about us. And so you know, they'll put an arm around us and they give us some sympathy. And, you know, we kind of like that. We want someone to feel sorry for us. But what we often need in those moments is, you know, someone to challenge us, someone to speak some strength into us, to, to not just say, hey, you've, you know, you've worked hard. Why don't you have a seat on the bench and take a breather? But mm-hmm. who will say, hey, get back in the game. Um, this is not a time to give up. This is a time to give it all you have. And and that call to courage is really biblical, and it's one that I think you know all of us need to one degree or another. Yeah, you know, when I think of this, and I'd love uh, I'd love to hear from your own life if you've had a, a moment or two like this where someone did this for you. But when I think of this, I think of really two moments. One is sort of not really a moment, but you know, I grew up playing basketball in high school, and you know, sort of ha- having your coach 
you know, when you're sort of in a crisis moment in the game, maybe you you lost the lead or, you know, you, it's in the critical stretch and or maybe you're a little dispirited because something went wrong. You know, the coach sort of pulling you into a timeout and being like, come on, guys, like you've got this, you can do this. This is not the time to give up. That really, I think, kind of shoots a little bit of a adrenaline into you and makes you want to fight more. The other time is I think when I – uh, was a pastor, young pastor in Chicago area, and like I had some really, you know, bad things happening to me. Uh, and I had an older pastor just kind of say, like you, like you were saying, he it wasn't so much, hey man, hang in there, you're going to be okay. But like, dude, you cannot give up, and if you do, if if you quit, I'm going to come down there and I'm going to make you not give up. You know, it was kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to let you do this. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Yeah, and, you know, I think we need that at different yeah. times. I mean, both, both the situations you described, you know, it is you know, hearing from kind of the right person at the right time, and they have the right word. And um, mm-hmm. and we we all have those moments. It's like, you know, you, you run a race, and... If, if you know you're going to be tired at a certain point in the race, it's where you struggle. You know, that's where you have family or friends stand and, and cheer you on because that's that's where you're going to feel it. And, you know, identifying um, those moments, kind of being ready for them and then making sure that we have some people speaking that over us and into our lives, you know, is it's important. Um, it, it's, you know, I, I think it's not always what we want in the moment. Like we kind of want somebody to uh, to let us be a victim, mm-hmm. but but what we really oftentimes appreciate in hindsight, like you mentioned with your your pastor friend, is and there's somebody that was willing to you know to challenge you and yeah, encourage you to to keep fighting. Have you had a moment in your ministry or your life where someone kind of did that for you and just almost kind of grabbed you by the lapel and said, "Dude, you cannot give up here." Uh, it was probably five or six years ago where I was just, yeah, I, I was just discouraged, tired. Uh, I was being impatient with people, uh, just struggling with motivation in, in ministry. And um, I took my family with me and we went to Haiti for eight weeks. And I hung out most of the time with this Haitian pastor named Idri. Mm. And um, he just you know, he would just laugh at me. Like I would try to talk to him about my ministry struggle. Like, you know, someone sent me a mean email and he just thought it was so funny that that would <laughs> bother me. And, uh, you know, he'd laugh at me and, and yeah, his, as I spend time with him, you know, his, uh, ministry was, you know, so much more difficult than mine, but his joy, uh, was strong and his faith in, in God's redeeming work was strong. And it just, it shifted my perspective. It helped me see things, with a, a spirit of gratitude rather than a spirit of, you know, being a victim or entitlement. And, um, and I'm really thankful that, you know, he didn't know any better. So he laughed at me instead of, you know, appeasing me. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's interesting too how, if we recall moments like that for us, I'm curious if you have a word for other people, you know, just how how important that is to, you know, if you see someone that you have influence over really struggling how to kind of come into their life and say, hey, man, like your gifting is important for the church. Like we need you. Like you can't, you can't give yeah. up. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a time 
for everything, right? Like sometimes there's a time to, to grieve, but mm-hmm. there's also a, a time to dance. And I, I think that identifying that for people uh, in our lives, we're like, hey, sometimes they do need a hug and they need some sympathy. And I just want somebody to share that burden. But at some point, you know, we, we can start to embrace that mentality a little too much. And um, and, and we need instead someone to uh, to push us a little. The, the passage that comes to mind is Hebrews 10, uh, I think it's verse 24, that says, you know, let us spur one another on. And that, that word spur is usually used in a negative context, not a positive one. So it's, it's the idea of let us irritate or let us provoke. And, you know, to understand that part of our role for one another uh, is is to sometimes do that. Um, now, there are certain people that, you know, can get away with that and certain people can't. But, you know, we tend to know who those people are in our lives and, um, you know, looking for opportunities to, you know, to positively uh, provoke is uh, part of what it means to, to be, a, uh, you know, to be a brother. Yeah, I, I love the way that this book is laid out because you are sort of breaking down the really, perhaps the seminal passage, you know, that encourages us to hang on in the faith and like, really kind of keep walking forward, uh, uh, obviously Hebrews 11. And I just kind of want to walk through that a little bit. I mean, the first part, you talk about listening to the crowd, and uh, you're talking about the the great cloud of witnesses. Just explain a little bit why how, why it's important for us to sort of lean in on those who've gone before, uh, whether it's, you know, from Scripture or, you know, saints yeah. who've gone before. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, the the cloud of witnesses, I always kind of interpreted that as, uh, you know, people who are watching us, you know, this image of, of faith heroes from the past who've kind of run their race and now they're you know, cheering us on, etc. But I, I think really, you know, a better understanding of witnesses is someone who speaks uh, rather than someone who watches. And, and the idea is that these, you know, stories of the faith in Hebrews 11 are stories that, that kind of speak courage into our stories, that the you know, the, the, their faith um, gives us faith and, um, and and understanding that, you know, courage is not often found in, in isolation, that, you know, we, if we're struggling, if, uh, if we're kind of waiting on God for some area of our lives, it's, it's hard to, to wait, but it's, it can be overwhelming to wait alone. And, and so the idea of, of the witnesses is, you know, it's not only those who have gone before, but it's also those who are around and, you know, it's, it's listening to the stories. It's um, being inspired and encouraged by what others have endured. So like your pastor friend, you know, when he talked to you, did he like tell you his deal? Did he tell you like, hey, I remember when, or I know mm-hmm. what that's like? Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah. And especially this guy, you know, we've, we'd talked before through times he wanted to quit and man, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't. And here's what, how I got through it. Yeah. I, I think that's the idea, right? Is that you're, you're listening to some, some stories of, of other people who have endured and you realize, okay, I'm, they've gone through what I've gone through or they know what it's like to deal with this. They persevered. So, so can I, they mm-hmm. didn't give up. I don't need to give up. Um, that the, the scripture does this for us. The witnesses in Scripture do this for us, but uh, but we do this for each other as well. Yeah, and um, I, I feel like the whole, when you think about this, you can think about it in almost a couple of ways. One is like, you know, th- someone who is, is present. To me, there's a value of someone who's been in the ministry longer than us, 
coming and sort of affirming us in our crisis and saying, hey, you've got this. I, I have confidence in you. You can't quit. But also just, and I think this is where sometimes maybe we evangelicals are not as good as we could be, just surveying the sort of the long history of God's work in the world from yeah. just from the Old Testament, but also through church history. Like sometimes I feel like we act as if like we're the first generation that of Christians, you know, and just yeah. having this whole long line of people can really be encouraging to our faith, right? Yeah. So that's something that I discovered, you know, probably 10, 15 years into ministry is just the power of, you know, missionary biographies and, and uh, you know, learning not just some of the, the biblical uh, heroes of faith, but, but yeah, church history examples of, of um, you know, of, of men and women who've exercised you have faith in their calling, and um, yeah, it, it does. It gives it does give you courage to um, to read how God has been faithful. And that's how faith is is built for us in in ministry too. It's we you know we see what God has done, and you know we grow in confidence that what He has done, He will do again. Yeah, the second one you talk about throwing off the weights. But before we get to that, I do want to ask you too. You know, you you have a unique experience of you know following a pretty well-established, iconic pastor, and and it just maybe talk about a little bit of that experience a, a little bit. What's what's that like stepping into a role like that where you're stepping into this place where there's high expectations and all that? Yeah, and you know, I came from uh, church planting world, so I planted a church and then kind of came into this uh, church that had this rich history and and a uh, you know just a strong tradition of of, uh, of leadership and. And honestly, one of the reasons I knew I needed to have a, at least a season like that is I, I knew I needed somebody to do that for me. I, I knew I needed someone that would would challenge me and sharpen me. And, you know, I was a really young church planter and uh, was feeling pretty overwhelmed. And I, you know, I didn't really have I didn't really have that because I, I planted the church so young. I didn't have any kind of a, a season uh, like that, and so to have uh, to have some leaders around me that kind of set an example about how to endure and how to handle anxiety and how to deal with uh, pressure, um, I, I think was really significant for me. I, I honestly was probably not on a great path and and didn't even know it. But the beautiful thing is uh, the guy that I've followed is you know my encourager you know he's supporting he he is in my corner uh it would be really difficult if he wasn't but um you know he is he, he's the first one to identify with a challenge and the first one to you know to to encourage me along the way and and so that has been nothing but a uh you know a, a blessing to to have to have that voice yeah that's that's really good i want to talk about you know, sort of the middle section where you talk about throwing off the weight and some of the things that sort of keep us from walking forward and and continuing on. You talk about anxiety, you talk about religion, you talk about lies, you talk about unbelief. But what are some of the things you see, you know, in terms of when we want to give up, when we want to, you know, s- you know, stop walking with the Lord? What are what are some of the things that you see that really kind of hinder Christians today? I think that for. Uh most people, whether they're in you know ministry leadership or someone in the church, the challenge is it's not so much a mental determination. Like, yeah, yeah, we really do want to endure and persevere, 
but it's that we are being held back and we don't quite know why. Um, you know, it's very difficult to keep moving forward when there's a weight that is holding you down. And so identifying that so we can be free is a big deal. And one of the the, the things that I think holds us back, whether it's in, in leadership or otherwise, is just kind of being caught up in what other people think. I think that creates a lot of anxiety, you know, that we we focus on that. It, it, it makes us fearful. Uh, we don't want to move forward. You know, what if we fail? It's a struggle because we're kind of focusing on on what other people think. And so, you know, learning to to cast that weight on God, as Peter talks about, cast our anxieties on God. It, for me, it, it was significant uh, when I learned how to pray a little bit differently. You know, I I used to think casting my anxiety on God was, you know, telling Him all about my my struggles, burdens, you know, the challenges of leadership and different issues that I wish would be resolved and. Um, and then I was reading in the Psalms how David will often, you know, begin his prayers by talking to God about his troubles. But then at some point, there's this real clear shift, and he begins to talk to his troubles about God, and and he begins to talk to his anxiety about God, not just, you know, telling God his anxieties. And so, you know, for me, learning to pray that way when I was feeling, you know, insecure about maybe a, a sermon that I needed to to give or um, I was feeling inadequate or uh, just kind of wondering if I had what it it, it was going to take or if I was going to fail at something. If I could shift it and begin to pray in such a way that I wasn't just telling God about these things, but I was telling these things about God. I was claiming God's power, God's promises in, in, in a more clear way. Uh, that would change things a lot. And it should have perhaps been obvious to me you know, early on, but it wasn't, you know, I, I, I kept going to God with these, these, uh, troubles. And, uh, you know, at some point I really needed to change, um, the, the way I, I was talking about them, you know, instead of focusing on those things, fixing my eyes on, on Jesus. Mm, that's really good. And then the last section, you know, you're, you're continuing on with the, that powerful passage about, but you talk about running the race and, some of the obstacles that might be in our way. You talk about, I think one, one really important chapter is when you talk about running it one step at a time. And when I think about that, I think it seems like, you know, sometimes we can we can get too far ahead of ourselves, and that's sort of where we have fear and anxiety. You're thinking, man, how am I going to do this? How's this going to work out? And, you know, when my kids, you know, you're thinking of the next season of your kids' lives and how are we even going to get through this? And, and how can we get to a place where we're, we're actually – walking in faith just sort of moment by moment. Yeah, you know, I, it's a, I think it's a learned thing, right? Like, I don't think it comes very naturally, um, but it, it works well with the running metaphor because it is a matter of, you know, training. It's kind of training ourselves uh, to, to take the, the, just the next step. I, I talk in the book about a, uh, a friend of mine who's, you know, one, you know, many marathons like a Boston Marathon and others. And and he, he just talks about the, the secret to, you know, running a marathon is the one step at a time approach that, you know, it might take 55,000 steps to, to run a marathon. And if you're at 12,000 and you're starting to cramp up, if that's what you're focused on is the 55,000 here, you know, you're just not going to be able to do it. Uh, so, you know, the constant uh, mantra in his head is, okay, the, just take the next step, just take the next step. 
And, and I, I think that there's really something powerful to that. It's echoed in uh, Galatians you know, 6, 9, that you know, we don't grow weary in doing well at the right time. We'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. It's, the time isn't right now, but, but it is coming. You know, so it's the right time. So take, take the next step and then take the next step. And, and you know, after, especially in ministry, after you're in this for a while, it can be really discouraging sometimes month to month or even year to year. But you can look back. Uh, many times and say, oh, you know, over the last five years, I can really see the way God has has moved. And so it makes it easier to to just keep moving forward, to take the next step and trusting that. So, you know, it, it's not natural, but I think it, it uh, I think we can grow in it and, and we can kind of uh, train ourselves to to think that way with uh, with more faith. I'm curious, the book, your book is titled Don't Give Up, but um there's obviously times when we should give up, right? I mean, not, not giving up the yeah, faith, yeah. but there are times when we should, God is leading us to step out of this season of ministry for a time or, or do something like, maybe talk about when there are times when we should give up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I, You know, it's, uh, I, I think it's the difference between kind of surrender and, uh, and giving up. Like surrender to me is an idea of, you know, releasing some things uh, over to God, over to the Lordship of Christ that um, maybe we've been holding on to too tightly for whatever reason. And so it's not that we're it's not that we're giving up on what God has said or what God has promised, but maybe we're surrendering some things that that we had uh, that we wanted that we were clinging to. And you know that's that's different. In fact, that's biblical that we you know we let go of, of those things. But you know the the call in Scripture to to not give up is always connected to to not give up on God. So sometimes I do need to give up on my dream or my you know my plan to give up on on maybe even my hopes. But that's that's not the same as as giving up on who God is and and His faithfulness and and um, you know His strength. Mm, that's really good, Kyle. I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and chatting about these things. And uh, I always love your stuff, uh, reading it and uh, listening to uh, to you speak. And grateful for your ministry. And uh, uh, hope all is well there in in Louisville. Yeah, thanks, Dan. I, I appreciate yours as well, man. I, I appreciate you always having me on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please let us know by writing a review on iTunes. You can catch previous episodes on danieldarling.com. The Way Home is produced by Gary Lancaster and scheduling by Marie Delph. The Way Home is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention.